Before we get started, I have a quick favor. I've been self-funding the Finding Genius podcast for five years now. I've done over 3,000 episodes. And as you can see on YouTube, we're up over a million views on the channel, which is fantastic. The next thing I really want to push on is to get up to 10,000 subscribers. Because once we do, we'll be able to put a donate button and uh, we'll be able to solicit donations uh, to help keep the podcast running and to also get the Finding Genius Foundation moving along. We have a big project studying anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and working on a product to help people overcome these problems uh, because I've seen them explode recently after the uh, you know the last two years of the whole virus situation. So if you would, please subscribe to the podcast. That would help us tremendously. Give us a thumbs up. And check in the description for Buy Me a Coffee. It's about five bucks. If you could buy me a coffee, I'd really appreciate it. It would help keep the channel going, and I love coffee. Thank you. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we begin, a note from our sponsor. I'm Richard Jacobs, Executive Director of the nonprofit Finding Genius Foundation and host of the Finding Genius Podcast. In late 2016, I was rear-ended at 65 miles an hour by a truck on the highway, which sent me off-road into a ditch. The impact of the collision gave me a concussion and other injuries. At the hospital, a CT scan showed that I had thyroid nodules, which turned out to be cancer. It was then, when I had a biopsy in my neck, that I realized, even if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't want a second or a third biopsy due to the pain and the invasiveness of it. And appointments at that time for thyroid experts were three to six months out. And I was worried about dying now, even if that was irrational. So because of this, I've decided to raise money to conduct a literature review on steroids, on the causes of anxiety and depression a condition that affects well over 50 million people in the United States and hundreds of millions worldwide. Our goal is to create a codex, a guide that reveals all possible treatments for anxiety and depression for people that live with the condition or for loved ones that have it, as my wife and my son do. To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Katie from uh, goodpatriot.com. Uh, her website is goodpatriot.com. She also has a YouTube channel called Good Patriot. And so we're going to talk about, um, you know, prepping and what she's learned about survival. So Katie, thanks for coming. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Would you mind tell me a bit of, of background about yourself? Have you always been thinking this way or, you know, were you doing other stuff and something changed your mind? Both actually. I grew up in California, basically from a young kid, I was, you know, we always had the threat of the big earthquake coming. So uh, we've always had that prepping mindset, you know, needed at that time, you know, it's like, okay, have three weeks to a week of food, you know, make sure your cabinets are locked. So glasses don't fall out, like just little things like that. So it was always kind of ingrained in me in a servicey kind of way because of that, that big earthquake threat. But, you know, as you know, obviously times have changed in the last few years, we get a lot going on that could present a more serious threat. And, uh, and I, you know, my husband and I have been prepping 
for just different scenarios for the last 10 years, not hardcore, but like, you know, just having maybe a month of food and water or, you know, we, we just, we live in a broken world. It's the reality that bad things can happen. But um, in the last two years, you know, we've seen what's coming down the road and, and got a lot more serious about it. And so my videos went from talking about the second amendment and things like that to mainly prepping videos for the last two years. And, uh, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. But isn't the world about to get so much better? I mean, why, why prep now? I'm just kidding. Yes. The evidence does suggest that this is just a goalie. Yeah. So tell me like, what, what do you, what have you experienced that the common person thinks prepping is versus you that actually does it? You know, where's the miss, um, not misinformation, but where's, uh, I don't know, the urban legends around prepping that are not true. What do you run into? Oh, I think what I see most commonly is just people that think that it's never going to get that bad here in the United States. So they're just kind of have an apathetic attitude towards it. And they think, oh, you know, if it gets that bad, I'll run, I'll run to the local grocery store and, and buy a bunch of food, you know, or a couple cases of water. I'll go to Costco and, and stock up on some things. You know, I don't, I don't think they, which is, I mean, strange to me, especially here in Texas. I mean, year and a half ago, we had a, a big freeze where basically people were at, were without electricity and a lot of people were without water for six full days. I was uh, here. Yeah. I, I experienced it. Yeah. And, and I just, I kind of sometimes look around at my friends who are still apathetic and think nothing bad can happen and haven't done anything after that and kind of shake my head. Like guys, that was, that was nothing. That was just six days. You know, what happens if it's three weeks? What happens if it's three weeks in the middle of summer? You know, we've, I don't know where you are in Texas, but, uh, Austin area. Okay. Yeah. I'm south of you, but you know, we've had six straight weeks of average about a hundred degrees here, you know, that can be pretty brutal. So if you don't have electricity or something to keep you cool or, you know, that can get real nasty real fast, especially for people that aren't healthy. So um, yeah, definitely just, just apathy, just still in denial of things that are going to get that bad. Even if they hear it, it's like, they just, they just don't absorb it. You know, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. So I, I've just kind of yeah. let, let go of trying to convince people. And, you know, my husband and I are pretty outspoken now. If, if people make comments, even in jest or half-heartedly in jest about, well, we'll just come to your house if things get bad. You know, we're pretty quick and firm in a, in a nice way to tell them, you know, that's really not an option. And if it is like, be prepared to work hard or, or pay hard you know, because we've made a lot of sacrifices to prepare our household and, uh, and we don't appreciate people thinking that they can come in, you know, without consequence or not consequence. Like I want to punish them, but (laughs) you know, if if the Bible even says like, if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, so (laughs) you're gonna, you're gonna do something to earn that provision if we even have it for you. Cause it's not like we're so stocked that we can feed you know, our whole network of friends for months on end. I mean, we're not even close to that. So. Well, so, all right. So for people that haven't done anything, but do want to dip their toe in at least, what are the, what, you know, if they just do one thing for a start, what should it be? Is there any one thing again, it's like the lowest, easiest level of, of preparing. I always tell people just make it your first goal to get three months worth of food and water in your house. 
you know, I think that, and if, if you're gonna, most of that food is going to be frozen food, you need to have a generator or something that can power that, that electricity, you know, to keep that food from spoiling, you know, if they, if three months is overwhelming, okay, go to three weeks, just start with three weeks, you know, and that's a, a good place to start. That's, that's pretty easy. You know, I'm not saying financially, if you're financially strapped, but it just, it's pretty easy to have, you know, eight cases of water in your closet or under your bed or in a shed or, or whatnot, or it's, it's easy to buy a water filter or, you know, just buy some extra cans of soup. Every time you go to the grocery store, you may not be eating three meals a day at that point, but at least you're not going to be starving. Okay. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. So you can build up a little bit by a little bit, but do something. So start. Yeah. Even yeah. if someone gets one week of water and one week of food, it's better than nothing. A- absolutely. Because, I mean, most people, unfortunately, I, my guess is probably like 90% of people do not have more food for like three days in their house. Mm. So, you know, yeah, even like a, a full week of food would be great. Um, you know, after three days, people are going to be panicking when reality sets in. They're going to get very desperate. You know, you want to make sure that you don't have to run to the grocery store after three days of of chaos or no uh, electricity yeah. or, or, you know, you don't want to be fighting for your spot in line at the grocery store to grab whatever's left and whatever's left. If we, we don't have that supply chain coming in is, is going to be decimated just after a few days. I don't think people realize that grocery stores get deliveries like every single day, you know, it's not just once a week or, I mean, they're constantly stocking. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. So in terms of what to stock, I don't know if people have any idea, but what are um, what are some recommendations of things that are easy to store that will last for a while? Uh, like I mentioned, canned food, you know, and get canned food that you actually eat. If you, you know, are okay with tuna salad, get lots of tuna. You know, that's great protein. If you don't buy soup that you don't, you know, I don't like lentils. You know, buy a case of lentil soup. You know, buy things that if, if for some reason nothing happens in the next year or two, you're not going to get stuck having to donate that or throw it away because it's not something that you want to eat normally. You know, a lot of people say rice and beans. We don't eat a lot of rice and beans. And so that's not something we'd get, but we do eat, you know, like dried pineapple or dried fruit or, um, you know, we're blessed to have a freeze dryer. So we do a lot of freeze drying food, but Mm. stuff that I just buy, gosh, I mean, sugar, you know, just the basics, like, gosh, I wish I could open my pantry right now. But um, yeah, so like, like canned chili is more appealing to me than the lentil soup. So if that appeals to you, get it or just, you know, check the expiration, like canned sardines and um, last years, and they're so nutritious for you. Okay. So not only get stuff that will last, but get stuff you'll actually want to eat, not be like, 
I would only eat this if I was starving to death type thing. Right, right. And if you are going to go the, you know, bulk rice and beans route, you know, make sure you store that properly because a lot of people don't realize rice has different oils and moisture in it that can expire rather quickly. You know, so if that's going to go bad within a year, you make sure that you properly store it so it can last at least a few years and not Hmm. go rancid. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So have you interacted with other people that uh, that prep and, you know, are there different schools of thought or, you know, most preppers kind of uh, hone in on the same set of principles? Like what have you observed in the community that you're in? We definitely have a good network of like-minded people here. I think the foundations are the same of everyone knows they need, you know, a generator, at least one kind of generator, food and water and the basics, you know, what the emergency is going to be or, or how it's going to come about and who's behind it. You know, there's differences there that don't really matter, but you know, you'll get people that are thinking it's all political. It's Republican versus Democrat. And if if we just get our guy in, everything will be fine. And then there are people, you know, kind of more like me where it's like, this isn't really a a political thing. This is a lot bigger. This is global and kind of like more of a good versus evil thing. And, you know, politicians are just, you know, low level puppets doing the bidding of, of people. But if you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. It's interesting you say that. Um, I know it's an aside, but um, you, I, I've heard from actually a lot of people I know, whether they're religious or not, that they've, they've used the same words, that uh, what's going on appears to be literally demonic. I know maybe mm-hmm. it's taken in a weird direction, but it's just strange for me to literally hear that same thing from a whole bunch of people that I know that, again, some religious, some not, but for them all to use the same word is strange. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely believe that there are demonic forces behind the the bad things happening in the world. You know, that is definitely a another route to take this interview down. There's so much <laughs> there, but you know, even biblically speaking, like the Bible talks about what the end times are going to look like and a lot of things are lining up with that and a lot of people that haven't studied that part of the Bible can say, oh, well, people always think that. And every generation, people think this is the end of the world and blah, 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 blah. But there are actually things happening that couldn't have happened before and they're happening now. And so from a spiritual perspective, you know, I I do kind of study that stuff because I want to know what's coming. And so far, everything is lining up. So that Mm -hmm. is another reason to prepare just so, you know, I... I always tell people like my main goal and my main goal for other people is that I want to keep you out of a FEMA camp. I don't want you to have to be dependent on the government in order to survive. So that means that you need to have some sort of independence with your food and water and basic needs to avoid doing that. You know, so that, I mean, that's, that's a big thing. And I understand why so many people are kind of averse to it because I think one it's overwhelming to think about having to do that. That's so much work. And a lot of it is not financially possible for people. And they're not really mentally in the place to be able to think, well, that means I'm going to have to share a property, not have my Mm -hmm. own 10 acres and my own homestead, but maybe you get three families that you trust and love and know very well. And you guys buy property together and kind of like work towards that goal together you know, and also I think the, on the other hand, people don't want to believe this is happening because just emotionally, spiritually, mentally, they're not, they can't handle 
you know, the loss of normal life. And so they want to pretend that it's not going to happen and uh, put their heads in the ground. And, and unfortunately, I think that's just a very dangerous thought to have when we have so much evidence around us that globally, there is some sort of group, you know, that wants to change the global system. And they're very vocal about it. Um, what's, um, have, you, have you been able to make an estimate, like for someone to prep the different levels, let's say one week's worth of food and, and water versus three months versus more, you know, the cost and like mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a, a list of all the things that would go into it. So people don't, don't realize, Oh, I forgot that. Oh, I didn't realize I needed that. That kind of thing. Well, I've made a list, like kind of a master prep list of kind of, you know, maybe there's like 75 things on there that people should consider getting, but everyone's situation is so unique so relative that you know to I mean because one family could have four teenage boys and one family could just be a husband and wife or a single mom or you know some people eat special diets or organic and some people live on junk food I mean that there's a huge financial difference in both of those scenarios so I, I always tell people like I couldn't even begin to estimate what it would cost for your particular situation but there's, you know, YouTube and on the internet, there's tons of lists out there that can just get you started with ideas. I like to tell people, go through every room in your house, like, you know, go in your bathroom, open up your cabinets, your, your pantry or whatever, and look at what you have in there. So go in my bathroom, open up the cabinet. I've got shampoo, soap, lotion, you know, hair conditioner, razors. Okay, so I'm going to start by making a list of all those things that I use every week. And I'm going to go, you know, if I can afford it and buy it all at once, wonderful. If not, okay, so this week I'm going to buy two extra shampoos. You know, next week I'm going to buy two extra body lotions or, and things that you're going to need, you know, just for hygiene and everything as well, deodorant, first aid, just band aids, a little rubbing alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, like, you know, things like that. And so just do that for each room. So now you have your own personal tailored list. Okay. I know that I need, or, you know, a prescription medication or a special supplement. I'm going to get extra of that, you know, and, Hmm. and kind of break it down for you and your personal, your personal needs. Do you have a list of, of you think everything that would be needed for a household or is it going to be, you know, people have to kind of figure that out by thinking through, let's say each room of their house or, you know, what they would need in a day? Like, how do you recommend people go about this easily? Yeah, well, I have a list to start. I have it on, I posted it on social media. I don't really have that listed on my website right now because I there's not really a page for it. But you can go to my Instagram and I have two prepping highlights that have a ton of prepping information. You can go through there and I have that posted, those lists posted. Um, otherwise, I would just do kind of like a basic internet search and, you know, okay, list of prepping items. And I'm sure hundreds of articles will come up and you can kind of go through a couple and see what ones look, you know, right for your situation and just maybe pick the top five that you think are most important in your situation and start there and just work your way outward. I mean, prepping is definitely not like a one weekend deal takes weeks, months, if not years. Um, You know, and that being said, it's hard not to get overwhelmed, but just remember you can't prep for everything. You just have to do with your best with what you have. But if you are going to make, have to make sacrifices, now's the time. Now's the time to do that because 
right now, everything is relatively normal. We can still go to the grocery store. We can still go to Costco and Sam's Club and whatnot and get what we need. Pricing is higher, yes, but like still relatively normal. You don't want to wait. You know, you want to kind of get your top five things done as soon as possible while you can and not really. I just think, I don't know. I I think stuff's going to get pretty nasty in the coming year. So I would just start as soon as possible. Yeah, what's um what's your forecast of um you know for the next I, I guess through the end of this year and then through uh you know maybe through winter what what do you think is going to happen and when what's your guess? I think here in the United States pricing is going to go up up and up. I think because we had the food supply stuff, I mean, we know what happened during the pandemic with like the port closures and everything being backed up, but you know, the couple months ago, around the time Ukraine started and everything, you know, countries started, stopped exporting their wheat. You know, we had weather situations where farmers couldn't grow things. It was either too hot or too cold. And that's happening right now too, even here in the United States. We had, you know, we've had over 90 food production plants, whether it be food or animals, spontaneous, you know, just burned down coincidentally. So basically food supply issues, I see kind of starting to come to a head during the fall in the next few months. I think that's when things are going to start hitting. It will hit us financially first, but it's going to hit other parts of the world physically at that time. You know, Eastern Europe, Africa, all these countries that rely on an import of basic things like corn and wheat are going to start seeing that uh, you know, these people around the world, they don't have the, the extra income to stock up. You know, they, (laughs) they go to the store daily and buy, you know, bread and this and that, or, you know, people in Africa, they are, well, I I don't want to say used to go in the store and buy, being able to buy a bag of corn, but you're going to see millions and millions of people that may be above the poverty line, but not middle-class, you know, just poor people who cannot buy in bulk or, or stock up, not be able to feed their animals. You know, you think of a family that has like a a goat for milk, they're not going to be able to feed their animals because the corn and the cost of animal feed is going to be so high that they're not going to have that daily supply of milk for them. And it's going to be kind of like a domino effect. And that's going to get really scary for other parts of the world. And so we'll, we'll see it financially with things, prices really going up, but maybe a year from now, we're going to start seeing that physically as well. You know, not only is inflation going to go crazy, but we're not going to have access to things that we're so used to getting. You know, if you think about the average small business, it will take a bakery in the United States. Yeah. You know, they buy a, a ton of flour every week, bacon bread. Yeah, bacon is, uh, that's what I've been, when I've been going around and looking at the different places that, you know, we get food from normally. Yeah. The, all these stores, like what if some of the critical ingredients run out, the business will have to close down, you know, like let's say you get a pizzeria or like yes. yeah, a bakery or something. What, what are they going to do? You know? Right. Nobody wants to pay $30 for a pizza. And that's what they're going to have to charge to survive because now that 50 pound bag of flour has gone from $10 to $65. Mm. So same with, you know, the cheese or whatever. Yeah, we'll take a pizzeria, for instance. 
you know, you think of that and then you just think of all those businesses that need that one or two key ingredients for their products. I mean, we saw that during the shutdowns and the pandemic. I mean, I remember going in the store and I would ask the stockers that were stocking the shelves. So what are you guys seeing? What, what sector are you missing, you know, the most from, is it dairy? Is it this? And they're like, we can't even, we can't even give you that answer because there are so many thousands of products that we're not getting anymore because the companies can't get that one ingredient that they said it's just everything. So take that and then times it by a hundred because we're talking basic commodities like corn and wheat, you know, (laughs) there's people in the United States. I mean, I'm gluten-free, but people in the United States, I think tend to think of, well, I don't eat corn or wheat, so it doesn't matter. It's like, no, it's going to matter because when the people that need the corn and the wheat 